Let's do it. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the Whack 'em and Pack 'em podcast. You know it, baby. This is your host, Chatterpillar, and I got my man, co host. What's going on, folks? Welcome. Ooh. Good to be back here again. Oh, just, oh. Oh. The Ebony and Ivory team is back. Ebony and, and Ivory. Ivory. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Today, guys, we have a special, special treat. I know every time, every time we podcast, though, I, I always say everybody's a special treat. And, and you know what? Every time after, after during our little <laughs> interviews with them, it's always a special treat. But today, every time. but today, Dwight, it is a special treat because this guy, he's, I, I look up at this dude. You know, oh. I've been, I've been following this guy for a while. This guy's a book of knowledge. This guy, like, dude. He's an entrepreneur. This guy does everything, dude. Has he's a primal divide. Uh, the whiskey bourbon turkey calls. Oh, dude, under oh Under Armour, I believe. Yeah, this wow. guy's legit, dude. Uh, we I can't wait to just start talking to him. I know we're gonna be on short times uh, with this guy because he just told me he got another podcast. Because why? When you're big, you're big. People podcast with people you. People want you. Well, because they want to hear all And I'm you. glad we got them. Yeah. But before we get into that, I just want to break out a few things. I want to give a couple shout-outs to some people that got some animals this last week. First, my man, Chad Mendez, Money Mendez. There you go. I saw Woo! that. He I shot an amazing bull out there in New Mexico. And guess what, Dwight? I don't know if you know this, but he was out there with Ryan. Really? From eight, remember Ryan from yes. Ted? We hunted with that guy. Yes, and yes. Ted Turner's? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Really? Small world, baby. No, yeah. no doubt. Oh, dude, he hooked up with Ryan. He went out there to New Mexico, and dude, Chad shot a monster bull, dude. I saw that. Oh, oh that was a beast. Oh, he, I, I saw the antlers that he put in the back of his car or whatever. Oh, yeah. I that was beautiful. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Oh, when I seen it and then I seen who he was with, I was like, oh, well, you know, I know Ryan, too. <laughs> Birds of a feather flock yeah, together, yeah, right? Yeah, huh? right. Woo. Good people. Yeah. Another guy, Brian Grant, dude. Dude, remember Brian Grant from the Fins and Feathers book? Yes. Trip? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, he, he talks about you all the time. This wow. Guy, dude, he's been he's been hunting Vandenberg, right? Mm-hmm. And he's been going at it, going at it. I've been talking to this guy left and right, and he's been telling me he's chasing monsters, this and that, this and that. Mm-hmm. Last day of the season, last hour. You know me. I'm the guy. Last hour, bases loaded, three out, two outs. It's full yeah, count. Full count. Full yeah. count. Well, Brian did it. He connected on a nice buck, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. Really? He didn't. He didn't catch up with that monster that he had. Right. But, dude, he connected on a nice one. Nice. Congratulations, Brian, dude. There you way, go, buddy. Way there to you keep go. after it, dude, and way to handle it, baby. The grind and the hustle's real. Never give it Woo-hoo! up, baby. Never give it up. Just keep it going. Yeah. Hey, and this one right here is a special one. Also, let's give a shout out to Gavin Caldwell. Yep. 12 years old. Ooh. Remember Austin that we uh, we podcasted a few weeks back? Yes. He took his son out. Nice. Dude, he nice. shot a nice buck. First buck? Oh, wow. 12 years old. Outstanding. Hey, I love it when I see youth kids. That's what it's all about. Yeah. It's the future of our sport. Good. People don't like hearing it call us a sport, but it's the future of our sport. Oh. And they'll... 
and the meat. Oh, and the meat. And hey, and to see the videos and the pictures and everything, hey, I guess I guarantee you, awesome. He even said it. Proud dad. Absolutely. Go out there, take your son out there, and boom. Absolutely. Got it. You know, dude, it's so crazy. You know, you talk about the deer hunts and everything else. I don't know if you saw this or not, bro, but somebody sent it to me about the Catalina mule deer. Crazy. Can, can you believe that, dude? For those that are out there, from, that they're at least from California, kind of know where Catalina Island is, they got all these deer, these mule deer that are, that are, uh, that are brought there and everything else. And not trying to get political, but just make a long story short, they're about to eliminate all those animals. So there will be no more hunting on that island. No more hunting. And, Chad, you heard about that when you went out there hunting. Yeah. Yeah. And what was he telling you then? What? The guide was telling you. Oh, they were going out there. They were going to do this. Uh, he had the, actually been from Wild West. Uh, he went out to the meeting and everything. And I actually never heard the outcome, but it, I didn't think anything was going on. But right. now, everybody, uh, I'll make sure I post it up. There is a petition to yes. sign that they need so many signatures or whatever uh, to stop this. Yes. And we need to stop all this craziness because you know what? It's bullshit. Yes, it is. Just like the bear hunting out yep. here. But it, you know what? But like, like, like we said before on our different podcasts, that California and states are making it harder and harder for us outdoors men and women and for us to get out there and enjoy what God has given us. Yeah, crazy. And for us to help thin the herd so they don't get the illness and die out and everything else. But, yeah, you, when Chad puts that thing on the on on uh, the petition out there on the web or on the Instagram, hey, please, 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 please look at it, read it, sign it, send it back. Because the thing is, is that if this passes, it's going to be another area. Because, you know, once you give the government just a little bit of space and when they take it, they're never giving it back. Like I said, I'm not trying to make it a political thing, but you know what? certain things we need to stand up for. And that's one good thing we need to stand up for. And you had a great time when you went out there hunting, right? Amazing time. Yeah. <laughs> All those guys. I mean, my guide was Tom, uh, Andrew Brisky out there, Dan right. out there. They got a great operation. Hey, dude, not only that, did they shut it down? You guys canceled these guys' jobs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, man. These it, guys it, got families. Yeah. You know what uh, I mean? 100%, yeah, brother. And, and that's whack. Yeah. That, you know, you're... You think you're saving somebody, but you're not. You're no. really freaking hammering people. You there's know, no, I mean? there's no different than the, hey, than the and comb. You, and you know another thing, Dwight? What's that, buddy? There are going to be so many bow hunters here next year. Oh. You know why? Why? Piece of shit Gavin Newsom just signed a bill. Oh, yes. That all rifle gun hunters are going to get boned. Okay? Dude, 11% more tax on everything. If, on you're, every if you hunt with a rifle, guys... You are getting hammered. I think even I think also even if you're just a, a person that goes out there and shoots, and you oh, want to buy a new gun, oh yeah, eleven yeah, percent. Yeah, crazy. That that's ridiculous. So, so you, people are going to be like, oh, I'm not rifle hunting no more. I'm going to go bow hunting. Yeah. So if that's the case, make sure everybody goes down the Willow Creek Archery and you buy go. yourself a bow because. <laughs> <laughs> what a great segue yeah. for an advertisement. Right? These archery shops are going to rack it yeah. in because it's just like when it was COVID. Yep. Okay. All of a sudden, everybody thinks they're fishermen. Everybody thinks they're hunters. Yep. You couldn't buy anything on the racks. Nope. I mean, and COVID was bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and this is bullshit. Yeah. And and to pass that out, and they say, oh, the extra money is going to go for security guards for schools. <laughs> That's crazy because you know what? I remember they said part of the lottery money 
to the schools. schools. How much well, are you going to keep on giving to the schools and the schools are not doing much work well, for the kids in the first place? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, all the schools around my hood, yeah, same they, they, they're missing that lottery money. Yes, they are. Oh, I'll agree with <laughs> and, you, brother. And I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to be missing this money too. Yeah. Piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't want, oh, I can get going and going I and mean, going. it's bad enough. The fact is that you got to make sure when you buy ammunition in California that you have a gun registered to you with that caliber gun, yeah. which is freaking ridiculous. Yes. Dumb. dumb. So, yeah. All you, right. So like, like, like we said before, get out there. He'll put that up there and make sure you sign it. We need the help. They need the help. Remember, you're not just saving animals. You're saving those other people's their jobs, their livelihood, and everything else. So, hey, there are animals. We've been paying for years. I'm 57 years old. Chad, how old are you, Chad? 50. 50 years old. Yeah. And we've been hunting all our lives. We've been paying. And the fact is, for for conservation, that's what we've been paying for. And the fact of the matter, they're taking something away from us, and there's nothing that we can do about it unless we sign that petition and let them know. Because trust me, when they start coming after the hunters or those who use rifles and all, and, and, and those who use rifles, they're going to come after the fishermen next. Yep. They're going to do something Woo. every time. So oh, yeah. just remember that. So let's get off of that. Uh, yeah. Let me just talk to my about my two sponsors because we have two people that have been backing us up since day one. Absolutely. 100%. Let's give a shout out to Wild Edge Inc., baby. Wild Edge, the OG in saddles. Ooh. Yes. I'm still waiting. Ooh, it's coming, baby. <laughs> I know it yeah, is. Oh, it is. I, I talked to is. Drew. He's uh, he, he, dude. He ran over his leg with a forklift or, or a skip loader or something. This guy, oh my lord! Check out Wild Edge, guys. Get yourself a saddle. The West Coast package is here. Hey, by the way, you heard it from me right here. Get on their website, dude. WildEdgeInc.com. Dude, they have a sale going on. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, dude. They have a sale. Nice. Get yourself a Berserker platform. Get some steps. Everything's veteran-owned in-house, dude. Nice. My buddy Ryan Davis partnered up with the... Yeah, the, you did the, say oh, that. Oh, yeah, dude. No, oh. And Ryan's good, dude. Oh, we're bringing the saddle to the West Coast, and it is going to go down. Make sure you guys, if you guys want to elevate your game, dude, and get in tree, don't worry about it. I know. I... The saddle, baby. Yeah. Yes. Also, check out Mountain Bound Hunt Co. These guys, ooh, Mark and Trev over there, dude, they got these new state of the line <laughs> kennels, dude. Oh, 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 yeah. You know, dude, I'm, I may be talking crazy, but it was so funny when you were talking about that. Uh, I think I was waking up this morning or something was in my mind. I was like, hmm, maybe I can put my grandkid get in there, put a little air conditioning. <laughs> What put him down for a nap or oh, something? Dude, it, 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 hey, I don't know if that would they call that child abuse, but, oh, no. <laughs> but hey, it would be a good crib though. You right. know what I mean? Hey, they got USB. You know, all these kids nowadays they need a little phone, an iPad, a tablet. You know what I mean? You can plug in and play. You could get away with it. I'm telling yeah, you. I don't know. If, you know, you might get child abuse. Yeah, hey, so if ever it was a joke, it was a joke. Hey, don't get your kid in there. It's funny though, but don't get your kid in there. But hey. These kennels are badass. They also got some of these new shed hangers out there. I mean, oh, for the man. shed hunters. I mean, there's people out here in California that actually do some shed hunting. Yeah. And dude, they are badass, dude. Yeah. I've seen them. It's like it's like what like Fifty Cent said, "Pimp, baby, yeah, Whoa. <laughs> super awesome, super amazing." I like them, dude. Uh, they got some really good things going on. Also, in uh, December 6th to the 17th, oh, that's right. Las Vegas, baby. Right. You know what they say, baby. What happens in Vegas, Vegas stays in, in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Yeah. <laughs> they will be at the RMEF 
Cowboy Christmas at booth two three two zero zero. The Whack 'em and Pack 'em podcast. Me and bro, me and my buddy Dwight, the Ebony and the Ivory. We will be there, baby. Absolutely. We'll be there for not the whole duration, right. but we'll be there for the weekend. Uh, and we're gonna meet some good people. We're, we're gonna try the podcast out yeah, there. Yeah. Hopefully, we can set this set up on one of the kennels. That yeah. would be sick, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's gonna be a great time. Make sure you guys check it out, dude. It's December sixth to the seventeenth. Uh, or just follow these guys to come out, say hi, lasso one of these freaking kennels up. These guys are uh, legit, dude. Yeah. Uh, small companies and, uh, yeah. Mom and pop type style, brother. Yeah. Get great service and everything else because they know what it's all about. And you know a lot of these places you go to, you just can't get service. So trust me, these guys are really, really good, and, they're, and they back their product. So it, you won't have a problem with it, but if you do, just by chance – but they will back up whatever they made for you. And Trust you, me. And your dog will love it. Treat your dog like anything else. Because your dog, I know a lot of people, their dogs, their families. Absolutely. Treat them right, too. Because Absolutely. you got they're out there hustling for you all day. <laughs> Get it, Fido, or Butcher, <laughs> Book, or whatever your name is. You're, your little dog scout. Uh, go get it. Yep. Treat them right, dude, Absolutely. right? Okay. Make them comfortable. So you know what, Dwight? After a long day's work. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we like coming home, sitting on a nice couch or lay in a nice bed after a hard day's work. So, hey, same thing. Treat you, your dog right. You darn right. So you know what? Now we got all the biz out of the way. <laughs> Let's get it on. I'm super excited to wrap up with this guy. I know I'm going a little long. I know we have a small time. We got about an hour left with this guy. So. Absolutely. Yeah. What's up, John Mulligan, also known as Johnny Utah. What's up, buddy? Woo. What's up? What's, what's going on, guys? Good, brother. How you doing today? Oh, man, I'm telling you, it's been slammed like every day. I always kind of make the joke like, um, you know, you leave one hunt and immediately you transition over to the next hunt and it's uh, switching out gear and, you know, getting ready to spin up for the next one. Yeah, dude. And you, man, you've been out there just hunting. You and Leslie are just hunting it, dude, like crazy. Yeah, it's, you know, her coming on board this uh, this year has been awesome. You know, we've been friends for about four years, and, you know, I initially met her. It's kind of a funny story. I was working a trade show, and one of my partners had me out at a trade show, and, and you know, it was the whole, like, John's going to be in the booth, you know, from 12 to 3. And so, you know, you just kind of assume when there's a line of people lining up at the booth, they're coming to see me, right? Right. And she's in the line, and I'm standing there with a Sharpie like a jackass. And she's like, uh, who are you? Are you supposed to be somebody famous? Because I've never heard of you. And I'm like, that's you and I are now friends. Hey, that's a kick yeah, to your yeah. ego, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I I got this little five-foot, you know, five-foot Latin chick just put me in my place. And, um so anyways, we just hit it off and, you know, been really good friends. And with her being a Marine vet and she's got her oh. veteran nonprofit, um, I started coming out. And I was at that time, I was still doing just a little bit of freelance photo work still. You know, the show was going good, but it wasn't a it wasn't 100 percent paying all the bills. Um, so I was still taking on some freelance work and she wanted me to come out and, and document some stuff that they were doing with their nonprofit. So I went out and did a project with them, had a great time. And then she's, you know, she kind of took an interest to the cameras and, you know, she wanted to learn photography and videography. 
so the last couple of years, she's done a few things here and there and whatnot. And the timing was just right this year that I was looking to up things a little bit, uh, push out a little bit more content, you know, for the network and everything and partners. And um, I just said, look, I know we're friends and I don't want to mess up our friendship. But like, do you think we can work together? Because if you screw up, I'm going to tell you that you fucked up. You know what I mean? Um, and that's and, every, and my friends know me. I'm I'm a very high driven person, but I expect perfection. Um, because that's what I strive for. So everybody in my circle, they have to elevate their game, or they're outside of my circle. I don't want I don't wish them ill will. They just don't have a spot inside the circle. You know. So she's like, yeah, you know, teach me. Um, try not to bust my balls too much if I fuck up, but I'll try to do better. And she's really, she's really done an amazing job. Um, you know, getting familiar with the equipment and, and really in even learning how to be a hunter, um, herself. Um, so that's been really cool to see. And, and, and ironically, um, one of the ideas that I had this year was it's always me in front of the camera and I'm the host of the show, but, um, man, wouldn't it be cool to do one episode where I pick a new hunter mm. and I get back behind the camera and showcase them. And uh, so anyways, uh, she's got her first archery hunt season going to be kicking off uh, this weekend. Yeah, and wow. um, so, so we, yeah, so we went out there this summer, planted food plots and got trail cameras going and did a little bit of scouting and stuff. Got a couple of tree stand stuff set up for her. And, um, yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun and, uh, you know, it takes a little bit of pressure off me for once because, uh, you know, getting behind the camera, that's old hat for me. I mean, that's, you know, that's where I'm super comfortable, but, um, so anyways, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun and, and, um, I'm anxious for her to, you know, you get to watch it firsthand. Like you get to see the emotion and the nervousness of being on that first hunt. And we all remember that first hunt. We were excited, but we were also kind of scared as hell too, you know? So, um. It's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see. Hey, you know, real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt real quick, but you said she's a veteran? Yes, yep, yeah. she's a yeah, Marine vet. Okay. Um she was a, a combat engineer. Okay, listen, I wanna tell you tell her thank you. Thank you for her service. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, because I tell you what, I know normally we bring that up, but you got somebody working that close to you and everything else. Let her know from our family mm-hmm. to her, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for sacrificing herself, her friends, her partners for what they have done to make us free in this country. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, she's a tough chick. And, um, it's, it's like I said, it's been a lot of fun seeing her, seeing her grow. And, you know, we've all heard that adage, like when you take the time to teach somebody something that maybe you kind of forgot about, um, you end up learning something from it yourself. You know, and, and just going through the process of teaching her stuff, I'm like, damn, you know, I used to pay attention to funnels a lot more than I do now. I should really get back to paying attention to funnels more. Um, so it's been kind of cool, just some of that whitetail stuff that I've been able to pass on to her. That's, Outstanding. That's super sweet. That's, yeah, sure. that's cool. And they just got back from Africa. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. They went to Africa. This is John. I, I, I follow John. I've been following him for a while. Actually, I've been following Leslie before. For years, too. Okay. I mean, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. And then when I seen them, they're both going to Africa. This is John Mulligan's second time 
Like, hey, this is a perfect time. Yo, Utah, I'll take two. <laughs> Give me two. That's right. <laughs> he literally went to Africa. He went to Africa. What was it, last year you went to Africa? Yeah, last year and this year both, yeah. And, and this year she went out there and, uh, dude, they they got animals. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. But what was the outfitter that you used yeah, we, out there? Uh, so we went to two different ones. Uh, the first one was a, was a joint called Rhino Land. And then the second one was a place called Buck Africa. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we did two different styles of hunting this year. Um, you know, we did a little more fixed position blind hunting um, at one. And then at Buck Africa, then we got on the ground more and did more spot and stalk. Um, with rifles, but, um, you know, got on the ground and knee crawled and belly crawled and got into position and stuff like that. And, and I love that so much more. Um, that's super dope. It it fits, it it just fits more into, you know, when I started hunting, it was just all whitetails and that's, that's all it was for years and years and years. And then you start throwing in a little bit of turkey stuff. Um, but over the last several years, you know, a lot more Western hunts, a lot more spot and stalk hunts. And now it's funny because that first few days sitting in a tree stand for whitetail season, I'm sitting in the tree and I'm like, oh, it's been an okay sit. I've been here for two or three hours already. And I look at my watch. I'm like, fuck, it's been 17 minutes. I'm like, I am losing my mind. <laughs> and uh, so it takes it takes me a while to kind of get reacclimated and kind of settle back into, nope, nope, your tree stand hunting. It's a different style of hunting. And, um, but it, it's, it's, it's always funny every year. It takes me a little while to, uh, to get back in the groove. Cause when me and Dwight, we went out to Africa a few years back, uh, we didn't have the option to spot and stock. Yep. It was you sit in the blind, which wasn't that I'm not going to complain mm-hmm. about it because no. we seen thousands and thousands of animals a yes. day. It, it was, it wasn't like we could go out and, uh, just start like falling in spot and stock though. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, a lot of, a lot of it is depending on, you know, their seasons over there, or it's basically there's six months, kind of a six month mirror of where we're at typically in the United States. So, you know, depending on the time of year you go, if it's really hot, water sources are the place to be. That's no different than like a food plot or finding some acorns, you know, on an oak flat or something like that. That's where the animals are predominantly going to be. Um, and a lot of times, you know, when you're in Africa, you have to kind of hunt by the season, you know, for what it is right, you know, at that time. What was your favorite animal out there that you took? Um, you know, for years, I always dreamed about a kudu. And um, <laughs> I, shot a, I shot a giant kudu last year. Um, to me, it just everything about a kudu screams Africa, yes. you know. Um, so that was, that was my big one bucket list, and, and, and I got that last year. Uh, amongst a couple others. And then this year, uh, the big ones on the list was uh, I really wanted a wildebeest um, and I wanted a big Ginsbuck. So um, I was able to check off both of those, one with the bow, one with the rifle. And, um, you know, by doing that, that makes all the partners happy. Oh, absolutely. So uh, I guess to spread the love around, you know, (laughs) between my bow and my rifle companies that I work with. Nice. Hey, you know what? Aren't those... So majestic to them. Jeez, uh, uh, what'd you share? Now I'm losing my mind here. Uh, yeah, that, that, that kudu. Kudu. It, when that thing comes walking yeah. in, isn't it just amazing, right? It's just like almost like, yeah. it's almost like 
heaven's opened up it's, and here comes this beautiful thing walking in and you just yeah. go, Oh my God. And it wasn't even on my list when I saw it, when it came yeah. in and I just said, Oh, can I shoot one of those? He goes, yeah. And I'm <laughs> now, like, oh. It's now on the list. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and, and then when you shot that Dwight and we went over and looked at it, remember when we looked down the horns and oh, you yeah. could, the spiral, you could see the circle down. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was freaking amazing. Yeah, I'd even go back and shoot another one, to tell you the truth. I really would. They're just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. They're so, they're so cool. Yeah. It's, um, and they taste good. Oh, yeah, and they do taste good. Yeah, yeah, Kudu, Kudu's good. Zebra's good. Um, Wildebeest, is, in my opinion, is just as good as elk. Mm. Wow. And we like it. It's, yeah, pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, you, it's it, it's really they are really neat. Yeah. So that that was a cool experience, and um, you know, we'll see. I don't know when my when I'll go back. Uh, Cape Buffalo is still on my list. Uh, I want to do a Cape Buffalo hunt with my bow, and so that'll probably be the next target for you know whenever I go back to South Africa. You know, you know what? You know, Chad thinks I'm crazy, but I just got to tell you, you know one of my hunts that I really really want to do. I want to shoot a hippo with my bow. Wouldn't that be crazy? A hippo? Really? A hippo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, and that's a funny animal because, like, you can look at it on the surface and you're like, oh, it's like that game, Hungry Hippo. They're nice. They're friendly. <laughs> Hippo's the meanest damn animal on the planet. Exactly. You know what I mean? so, exactly. So, hey, yeah, so you said super, that you, you, super mean. So you guys are, you and Leslie are gearing up for Ohio. This is the opener coming up. When you guys all hear this, uh, the opener is already over. I mean, because this is going to come yep. out uh, two days after the opener. So, right. uh, yeah. So you guys already planned on doing this. You guys went out there, uh, put food plots in. How many times have you been going back and forth to Ohio? Because obviously you just didn't go one time, throw some we, seed down, right? I mean, Johnny Apple. Yeah, no, we, yeah, we, we've been out there twice. Okay. Um, the first time we went out there, we were out there for several days. And we're able to prep, prep the ground, get everything planted, get tree stands up, set some trail cameras and, and stuff. And then we went out there again to, uh, move some cameras around a little bit. We actually reseeded again, um, because of the drought in Southern Ohio just completely obliterated everything that was germinating. So we had to go in and retail, replant. Uh, but at least we already had the ground worked up. So it went, it went relatively easy and quick, but, uh, yeah, and so everything else has just been monitoring everything from, you know, cell cams, you know, from afar. But um, it's just, you know, and it's squeezing those trips in. I mean, this year's already been nuts. I mean, I started out the year in um, in Idaho on, a, on an archery mountain lion hunt. Um, then I went to Spain on a goat hunt. Then I had total archery challenge events. Come back, and you've got Iowa turkey season. Check that off. Uh, let's see, where'd we go? Where did I go next? I'm trying to think if I went to, oh, I had the tactical game stuff. Then we went to Africa. Um, then just literally got back home three days ago from Colorado. You know, I shot a, shot a velvet muley, uh, with my bow there. And then, um, there we've got Ohio her hunt. Then after that, head out to Pennsylvania for my whitetail hunt. And then finally around the 15th of October, I'll make it back to Iowa. And I'll settle here because I have two. Uh, if you're a resident, you get two, two you know, Iowa buck tags every year. Nice. So, um, yeah. What kind so of? That's kind of how I wrap up the year. What kind of feet? What kind of seeds are you using? Are you using big time out there in Ohio? 
Uh, no. So we, uh, I work with Don Higgins and those guys over at Real World Wildlife uh, Products. And um, so we planted, initially we planted clover. And like I said, that got choked out from the drought. I mean, we basically went 60 days without rain. Oh. So that did us in there. Um, then we went back out there and it was, you know, fall plot time. So we did mostly collards, turnips, brassicas, a little bit of clover, some oats. Uh, we kind of did a multi-blend, um, but it's, it'll be kind of a frost blend. And see, for all the listeners out there, when you guys see, especially, I, I got some shirts from this guy, okay? Uh-huh. And there's a reason why it says work more hours, okay? It's not <laughs> given. Right. It's not given. That's right. People see, you know, people see the social media. They're like, oh, yeah, you got this. No, this guy is literally busting his ass to make things happen. Exactly. Yeah. That's how you got to do it. That's life. Yeah. You got, if you go to be yeah, a you know, and it, Go ahead, brother. And that's just, you're, you're right. Well, and that's just it. You know, it's one of those things where sometimes I have, I have opportunities every once in a while to kind of give the background story. And then sometimes I, I don't tell the story because I don't want people to think that I'm like pulling heartstrings or I'm, I'm clamoring for attention like I've had it harder than anybody else. Um, you know, nothing's been given to me. I I was uh, I had several businesses that I, you know, that I bought and sold and built and sold and things over the years. You know, I'm retired law enforcement. Um, and one of the companies that I owned was a company called Wicked Tree Gear. And I, and I, I sold that business to an equity group. And the deal was that I was going to come on board for a couple of years after the acquisition just to kind of be there for the for the takeover and the onboarding, you know, with the new people. They basically ran that company into the ground. They destroyed the company that my partner and I, Todd Prignance, had, you know, built up over the years. And um, I was left unemployed uh, when it was all said and done, you know. And it, it's horrible to think that, you know, we built a company, my wife and I were building the products on our kitchen table before they went to Cabela's and got sold on the shelves there. And that's how the company started. And then, you know, we ended up getting to a million in sales. We sell the whole company. Life is good. We should have been looking at a five or $10 million, you know, year the next year. And they, they literally destroyed the company. And, um, so I was left unemployed and was like, well, shit. <laughs> I uprooted the family from Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area, came to Iowa seven years ago. And it was uh, February of 19. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, I'm fucked. Like I'm dead ass broke. And I logged into the checking account and I had like $6 and 87 cents or something. It was just shy of seven bucks. And I thought, uh oh, now I got to start selling assets. And I, it wasn't like I had boats and campers and shit to sell. It was like sell coolers, sell backpacks. You know what I mean? Sell like hunting products. Right. And um, so that's what I started doing. I started peddling that kind of stuff to make sure that I had grocery money. Um, a couple days after that, I get a knock on the door and it's uh, one of the sheriffs and he's there to serve me with uh, intent to foreclose paperwork on my land and my house that I put my, my down payment was my police pension money that I cashed out to make the down payment to even acquire that property. And I thought, man, <laughs> this we're this is dire. This is like, this, this shit's real. Like this is getting bad. And, and I was probably just a couple of weeks away from pulling the plug 
and moving back to Kentucky, crashing at my mom's basement mm-hmm. and, you know, wife, three kids and be like, well, you know, I fucked up, you know, I took a risk and, and it didn't pan out. And man, I, I got a phone call from a, from a company that wanted to hire me to do some photo work. And then another company called and then another company called. And then before you know it, um, I was covered up, you know, with photo work. And then these same companies were like, you know, we'd really like to see you ramp your show up. And, um, you know, we want to come on board as a partner of the show. What and show? So What's the name of the show? My pr- Primal Divide, the name of my show. Um, so that's my, my show that's on the Waypoint channel. It airs four times a week. And then it's also on demand on their app. So Ooh. you can binge watch last season and this season as well. So, um, yeah, so everything everything that I've built, I mean, essentially I've built in four you know, just a little over four years, I went from $7 to, you know, where we're at now. So it's pretty crazy whenever people say like, oh man, you know, you're in the hunting industry, like you've got it so easy. I'm like, where were you when I had $7, asshole? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So uh, it's just, it's crazy to think, but you know, that's where the motto work more hours comes from. It was something that my dad used to always preach when I was a kid. And, um, you know, he didn't have a trust fund. He wasn't born with an inheritance or anything like that. And he just said, anything you want out of life, you got to work for it. And yep. trust me, nobody gives a shit if you have it or you don't have it. Do you know what? Your so dad, your no one's going to feel sorry for you. Your dad, yep. my, my, your dad, my dad must have been brothers because my dad used to say. Oh, it's it's cut from that same cloth. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, one of, one of the famous quotes, that my, uh, famous quotes, was famous quotes that I've always lived by. And I even told my kids and I've told other people. Don't ever be too proud to clean another man's toilet to take care of your family. No. Fuck no. No. And that's the thing. Like, And I tell people all the time, you know, I swallowed every bit of my pride. And as long as I knew that I was working to provide for me and mine, there was no job too small. I mean, I had, I'll be honest, I mean, I, I had some shit companies that were like, hey, we'll pay you to do photo work. And I'm like, oh, my. God, I do not want to work for these assholes, but I don't have a choice, right. you know? And I was like, well, suck it up. Hey, now, so, so when, when it came all, time, so when, when, all, they, when they did the photos, they were like, hey, do you want photo credit? I'm like, nah, you, you, you don't have to give me credit. Right, right, <laughs> so right. when all these other companies are calling you to do photo work, were you already dabbling in photos? I mean, I mean, were you already doing photography yeah. work? Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, and here's, you know, here's the cool thing, like, Back back when I was still in Kentucky, I was a field producer. I was one of 10 hunters that contributed footage for another show. Um, so I was already, you know, I was already kind of acclimated to running a camera and stuff like that. And then my business partner at the time, I said, hey, we ought to, I think we ought to do more photos. You know, the way I see social media going with Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you know, photos we we need content like we're gonna have to make a post a day and we don't have any photos all we do is video our hunts and he's like ah you're stupid nobody's ever gonna pay for photography you know and um i thought well i think they will so i went to best buy and i walked in there one day i had never owned a camera in my life and i walked in and i said i want the best camera and lens that you have inside the store right now and the guy goes you're gonna you're going to drop like six grand. You realize that, right? And I was like, can I put it on a credit card? You know? <laughs> uh, 
so that's what I did, man. And I was like, man, I am I'm pot committed. There's no backing out now. And, and I, I just self-taught. I taught myself how to do photography and, and, um, you know, I worked my way into a position with Sitka back when they first launched the whitetail pattern in 2015. I came on board with Sitka as a Sitka ambassador. And this was after I got turned down from Under Armour. In 2013, Under Armour told me that I wasn't good enough. Wow. So I just kept grinding and grinding and grinding to get better. You know, I didn't I didn't take it personal. I knew my shit wasn't good enough. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um so I, but I shot my shot. You know what I mean? It's like the four that goes to the bar and hits on the 10. And when the 10 turns him down, I mean, come on, he kind of saw that coming. You know what I'm saying? So that's, I, I didn't take, I didn't take offense to it. You know, I was like, well, I just, I just better get better, you know? And so and it wasn't Sitka like, gave me, it wasn't, well, Sitka it, gave me a huge platform. Right. But you know what? I guess it wasn't like the two at the one thirty in the morning and you got the beer goggles on and that, one tur- turned into a 10, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you wake up in the morning and back to a 1. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, it's uh, I didn't, I didn't have any coyote ugly experience, you know. <laughs> hey, I got a question for you that um when you started yes, out when you started out taking photo shots, were there, were there mm-hmm. action shots while people were hunting or was it just clothing shot? What was it when you're taking? No, so I, you know, I, I've always had the mindset of, you know, brand marketing, sales marketing, and through lifestyle photography. And, you know, if you think about it, marketing only has one purpose, and that is to convert to sales. Right. Period. Right. There is no, I don't care what fluff they want to put on it and say, no, we do it to strengthen our community. So that community reaches to their back pocket and pulls out their wallet and buys your shit. Right. You know, like, there's a reason why marketing is a thing. So I thought, okay, let's, let's start doing photos that we can try to capture that passion and the emotion. So when somebody looks at a photo, they go, damn, I can actually feel like it's 97 degrees. You know what I mean? Cause they see somebody sweating in the photo. You know what I mean? Like, so through my photography, I want to put somebody there where they go, I feel that photo. And I want to be in that photo. I want to do what that person's doing. Right. Or I've been there before. I know exactly what he's going through. Right. So that's what I try to capture with my, you know, photography. And I do it from a point of, you know, product lifestyle. I don't try to make the product too blatant in your face, but it needs to be there somewhere. Right. And um, that's that was kind of my early style to doing things. And companies were like, yes. Yes, this is the shit we need because just nobody was doing photography, you know, seven, eight, you know, years ago. Right. You know, it's amazing. Now right? everybody's a damn photographer. Yeah. But you know what? It, 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 it's so true when you said photography compared to video because literally yeah. a picture speaks a thousand words at that one moment. At that one, because I'm telling you, I, I just, it was just going through my mind when you said that. And I started thinking, like, yeah. I have looked at pictures and go, damn, that is just a great picture. I have a great picture of me and my grandson walking out of church, and he's looking up at me, and mm-hmm. I'm looking down at him. He's holding my hand. He has this smile on his face. And it just every time I look at it, I get a little choked up because it's just that moment, yeah. that moment. And it does. Photography yeah. is amazing. And you, hey, and that's great yeah. that you were able to catch that niche and able to catch those those moments and be able to sell that. And I tell you, dude, that's outstanding, brother. Outstanding. Yeah. 
and the, and and it, the it was it was a lot of fun. You know, it's just it's one of those things too where, um, you know, it, it's it's a passion, and I thought, man, if I can offset the cost of hunting um, to be able to go on more hunts, or I'm not having to dip into my wallet, you know, too much to go on hunts, then that's a win. Uh, never in a million years did I ever um, think that it was going to turn into this. And and I've had this conversation with some of my buddies back home. And they said, who are you kidding, dude? We always knew that it was going to turn into this. And I'm like, I don't get it because I never saw it. And they said, dude, that's you. You're, yeah. That's your personality. Your mentality is if you're going to do something, you're going to do it all the way. And you're so driven that nothing's going to stop you, um, which is really cool. Those are all you know great compliments to hear and, and stuff. But um, you know, I had, I had a good support system along the way. I had people that encouraged me. Um, you know, but I really didn't have any help, you know? Um, and, and I, and I, and to be honest, I don't think I would have taken it. You know, um, I'm the type of person I usually don't like to ask for help. I'd rather figure it out, you know, on my own. And maybe it takes me 10 times longer to do it, but, uh, maybe I'm stubborn that way, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's all worked out and it's been really cool. It's been a grind. Um, but I'm happy with things where things are. You know, the biggest challenge that I face now is just reminding myself that I took a passion and turned it into a career or a hobby became a career and uh, just re-remind myself every day why I got into this in the first place and um, to make sure that I keep it fun, and you, you know, and I keep challenging myself. Do you still uh, do that? I mean, besides all the other bullshit you do, I mean, because you do a million things, dude. Yeah. You like part Jamaican and... <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't take don't, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't, don't take offense to that because he calls my kids Jamaicans because some of them they're only sixteen, yeah. seventeen years no. old and they have three jobs. <laughs> and you don't know how many times Chad called them a Jamaican. Man, you can what, are you a Jamaican or something? Well, all, all Jamaicans I know they got fourteen jobs. <laughs> so, yeah, well, no, it's I mean it's true. Like it, it it's still fun for me. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that things have definitely changed a little, you know, um, before there was no pressure and social media wasn't even uh, as big as what it is now. And, um, you know, I would be lying if I said that back in the day when I came to full draw, I was front sight focused. I was looking at my pen and I was just thinking, man, just bury this arrow right into the vitals, you know, and now um, I, like I said, I'd be a hundred percent lying if I didn't say that every time I come to full draw, 50% of my brain is, is saying, man, I hope the camera guys, you know, in focus, I hope they've got the right settings dialed in. Right. Um, shit, did I post it? Have I posted enough or taken enough photos for Hoyt lately? You know what I mean? You're Those right. are the thoughts that are, that are running through my head, yeah. um, now, and it used to not be that way. So. You know, I try to remind myself when I go out on hunts, I'm like, look, you know, the office is the office. There's nothing you can do. It's time to focus on the hunt. But then again, you know, you do have partners that are paying for this stuff. And, you know, we have a shot list that we go off of to make sure that we're taking pictures for Diamondback and we're taking pictures for Luminoc and HHA and Cold Steel Knives. And, you know, in, in our downtime, you know, we got to crank out, you know, some of that stuff in the process. And, um, it is, it is kind of like a well-oiled machine. You know, we kind of do have our system 
Um, and we, we, you know, with Leslie being new, she's, she's getting acclimated into my system and, and we're starting to really click really well. What's, what's a good system? Yeah, absolutely. Congrats, brother. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I appreciate it. I know that, that I can keep going and going and going. Okay. <laughs> so there's a few, so we, we got short time. So I always want to pick mm-hmm. your brain a little bit. Tell me about yeah. the moose hunt, dude. <laughs> so, because um, that's one of me and Leslie, Dwight. We, me and Dwight. That's one of yeah. our. That's one of our bucket lists that Absolutely. we want to go do a booze hunt. So, we want to hear yeah. from you. So, so um, it's cold. Uh, well, depending on where you go, it can be really cold. You know, mine was in uh, Upper Saskatchewan. It was like negative thirty-one. I think the day that I shot that moose. And um, you know, I'm a I'm an arch I'm an archery guy. And, uh, you know, now the last two years I've picked up the rifle again, along with some of the tactical game stuff, you know, I've kind of gotten back into the, into the gun world. But at that time, um, when the decision was about to be made, I had not shot any animal with anything other than a vertical bow in like 13 years. Wow. We're talking coyotes, pronghorn, whitetail turkeys everything you know and um so i see this moose and it's bedded about 175 yards in front of us and there is nothing between me and him other than about four foot of snow and i'm thinking there's no way that i can stalk in on this moose and even if i tried to hunker down i'm gonna die of hypothermia before he decides (laughs) to get up and move you know like seven hours from now or some shit or whatever you know so Mm -hmm. Uh, I looked at Leslie and I said, uh, is your rifle loaded? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I think there's two rounds in it. And I said, give me your rifle. And she looked at me and she's like, you're shitting, right? Like, you're a bow hunter. And I went, it's negative 31. I'm in Canada. There is a giant 48-inch moose bedded in front of me in the wide open. Give me your rifle. I'm not going to let this opportunity pass. I'm not that much of a purist that I was going to let one hell of a hunt and memory, you know, go away just because I was too good to shoot a rifle. You know what I mean? How far were so, you? Um, How far were you? About, about one, about 175 okay. uh, with a 308. And uh, she, I said, is there anything I need to know about the rif- rifle? She goes, no, it's dead nuts at 200. And I went, perfect. So um, anyways, I ended up putting, putting around into this moose. He jumps up, takes off running. And we flank him, and uh, I put a second round into him, and that's what completely, you know, folded him up. But um, there's some pictures and video of me approaching the de- uh, the moose with my bow. That's because she only had two rounds in her rifle, and she couldn't find her ammo. Um, so I thought, screw it, I'll take the bow. And he's down. If I need to put another arrow in him when I get close, then that's what I'll do. And I stopped at about 50 yards shy of him and studied his chest and his chest wasn't rising and falling anymore. And then I made my approach and, you know, I had some idiot on, uh, on social media was like, why did you approach him with a bow? And I said, well, I sure as shit wasn't going to be that guy that walks up <laughs> to a moose and he's got five seconds of life left in him and I'm the thing that he kills, you know? So, um, yeah, that's it's, pretty- uh, and I hunted him on with some on native ground, you know, with, and I, I always butcher this. 
So I always preface it with, I don't mean any disrespect when I say this. They were Canadian Indians, Canadian natives. Okay. Like, I don't mean to disrespect, you know, any, anybody, um, you know, in, in their ethnicity and their culture, but we hunted up there in Saskatchewan, you know, with natives and it was on reservation ground in, you know, it, you know, Indian res ground. And, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. How many day hunt uh, was that? Had a friggin' blast. How many day hunt was that? So we were, well, we were set to be out there, I think five hunting days. And Leslie shot her whitetail on day one. I shot my whitetail on day two. And then day three, four, and five, I was just going out in hopes that maybe I saw a moose or maybe I saw a second whitetail that I wanted. And um, so shot him on day three. So it takes it, – there's five of us uh, between the guides and Leslie and myself. It takes us about two and a half hours to break this moose down, which is flying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but everybody's got knives slinging. All five of us were cutting. And we're dragging loads out on a sled. And um, we get done. That's where I've got some of my ice sickle beard photos that popped up on social media. And we jump in the truck, and we're just exhausted. You know that type of physical work where you're like, man, I am ready for bed, even though it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll go to bed right now. And we start driving down this two-track, and the guide goes, he's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And I look over, and there's another bull moose standing 100 yards away. Uh. And I said, I go, can we buy another tag? And he's like, yeah. Oh. You can buy another tag. And I looked at Leslie and I go, it's shit or get off the pot time right now. You got to make a decision. <clears throat> and she goes, let me find my ammo. <laughs> so she starts digging around in her backpack, finds some more 308 rounds. And then she drops her moose. Nice. And we we're excited. She's, she's crying and we're all high fiving each other. And then everybody just at about the same time stops laughing because it just set in. We got another two and a half hours of cutting and packing out meat again, you know. <laughs> the work begins. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So the the best part was she she faced she calls her husband on speaker, and she's like, Troy, she's like, I just shot a moose, I just shot a moose, and he's like, oh my god, congratulations, that's so awesome, I'm so proud of you, I'm, you know, good job, good job, and she's crying, and then she's, uh, and then I hear John, can you hear me? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Troy, I can hear you. And he goes, do me a favor, take her gun from her. She's yeah. done hunting because he's thinking the taxidermy bill, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. So that was that was a fun, that was a really fun hunt. We we had a really good time. And, and I tell you, you know, hunts like that, you better choose your hunting people wisely because, you know, it's negative 31 and you're doing all day sits. Um, that shit's cold. It's real cold. Oh, I and so you better have good equipment and mentally you better be with somebody who's mentally strong enough to, to sit for nine hours. Right. You know, uh, you know, the guys we uh, bear hunt with up in Canada, what they, what's the name of them? Epic Outdoors. Epic, yep. Epic Outdoors. Every time we've gone mm -hmm. up there to go hunting, they always tell us, why don't you guys come back 
in November, December, or something like that, and go wolf hunting. And they, <laughs> and they said, and you'll be sitting up in a tree stand at 30 below. I go, brother, I don't know nothing about that. I can't see myself yeah. up there. In that cold, cold, cold 30, I have yeah. never, I've never even seen weather like that, you know? Oh, it's the, the, it's the, the real deal, man. Oh, it is. Yeah. So I remember going out to Ohio at, at my buddy Ryan's yeah. property uh, a couple years back, and well, several years back. Right. And literally, when uh-huh. I was getting on the plane, he was telling me before all week long, seventy and sunny, seventy and sunny, <laughs> seventy and sunny. I'm like, all right. I get to Denver. I I had like a three hour layover, so I start putting some beers back. Oh yeah, I'm feeling good. I get on the plane. I I'm sleeping the rest from Denver to Ohio, and literally I woke up and the uh, the captain or the the pilot captain or whatever right. the, you call him, he says, "Yeah, we're gonna be over there in, Ohio, in Columbus in the next uh, 13 minutes, and it's a crisp six degrees." And I'm like, "Oh, dude, I have a freaking tank top on, dude, and shorts, okay." <laughs> when I when I literally yeah. as soon as I got on that runway, you know, you get out of the plane, you go on a little little the jetway or whatever. Right, right. Dude, my balls. Right. Well, I was like, oh my gosh, this is cold. <laughs> we literally hunted, and I literally could not stand in the stand for <laughs> ten minutes. I, I, hey, two hours. I, I pushed it for two hours, and I was like, oh, dude, this is crazy. I don't know what 30 degrees exactly. minus yeah, would be like. Yeah, me neither, bro. Mm-mm. Me neither. I have oh, no clue. man. Whew. It's crazy. So another one, dude. Tell I, I want to know, and I'm sure all my listeners want to know, talk about your turkey slam. Cause Dwight, this guy's a turkey hunter. Yeah. Okay. And this guy literally yeah. killed all the turkeys in one year. Oh, wow. The species. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's Osceola, yeah, so you right? know, um, That's one of them. Osceola. Yeah, Osceola, Miriam, Rio, and the Eastern. Okay, there we and, go. Uh, yeah, so, you know, in Kentucky, turkey season, you know, hunting Easterns is was something that, I, you know, we, we did. And, and I always enjoyed, you know, chasing turkeys. If anything else, it kind of kept you proficient, kept you sharp, you know, with the bow. Um, while you're waiting on the next whitetail season. And, you know, I started my company, Bourbon Barrel Game Calls. I started that in late, late 19. Um, and then, bam, COVID hits. And it's like, you got to be shitting me. You know what I mean? And I thought, well, I want to travel and I want to go chase some turkeys. But I couldn't um, because all these states were shutting down. They weren't letting non-residents come in. Kentucky wouldn't let anybody come in. Nebraska wouldn't let anybody come in. And I thought, man, I know the NWTF gives you a lifetime to get a Grand Slam with any weapon. But what if I do it all with a bow and I do it in one season? I'm like, that'd be kind of cool. And it would be a great launch for my turkey calls to prove that they work on all species. So that's what I did, man. I jumped in the truck and I did it in 32 days. 32 uh, went days. to Damn. Wow. and could have done it a lot faster because the last three turkeys, well the last two turkeys were in 3 days, the last three turkeys were in 7 days. Um I went to Florida because their season opens so early down there and then I came back to my house in Iowa and I basically sat here for 2 weeks and twiddled my thumbs and did nothing waiting for Texas, you know, to open. So then Texas opened up, went to Texas. Then I went to the Black Hills, South Dakota. And then on my way home to Iowa, um, 
you know, you get those late night drives and I'm like, shit, I was like, I'm going to end up driving off the road. I'm too tired. So I called a buddy of mine that lives a couple hours away from me. And I said, bro, I said, I hate to do this, but can I crash on your couch? Like, there's no way I can make these final two hours to get home. So I make it to his house at like three or four in the morning and, and he's got a pillow and a blanket set out for me and I'm getting ready to fall asleep. And he says, you know what? you know, we can always just go to my dad's farm. It's like 10 minutes from here and we can just go ahead and wrap this thing up right now. And I said, so when do we need to wake up? He's like in about an hour, hour and a half to go there. I'm like, Oh shit. I'm like, okay, cool. Wake me up in an hour. So he wakes me up in an hour. We go out there and we get a bird to pitch down and I shoot him and, and it was all said and done. Had wow. the, had the grand slam in one month wrapped up. Nice, brother. Nice. Um, Congratulations, yeah. bro. Congratulations. You, I think you're the first person I've ever met that has a grand slam. Me too. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I, I know that I was the only person in the United States to do it that year. Oh, wow. Um, and there's not a lot of people that have ever done it in a lifetime with a bow either. I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing maybe 50 people total. Wow. Wow. And you did it all in one year. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. In 30 yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. So that was, that was a lot of fun, man. That was cool. And, you know, that, that came right after, right on the heels of when I was in, I was in Canada fall bear hunting and, and I shot the number five bear all time with a bow there. And, um, that was pretty cool. I did that in 19, you know, and then did, uh, then did the grand slam in 20 and, so, you know, there was a lot of traction and, and, and things really kind of took off, which is great timing with the show and to, to really get a lot of traction right out of the gate. And then at the end of 21, um, the company that had turned me down in 2013, um, reached out and offered me an athlete contract, uh, to come, to come over to Under Armour. So, uh, that deal didn't go into place until early, you know, it was official in early 22 by the time all the contracts and attorneys do all their stuff. But yeah, we got all that stuff wrapped up and, you know, very, very proud um, and, and humbled to be a part of uh, the Under Armour athlete team, which basically consists of, you know, myself, uh, Lee and Tiffany Lukoski, the Kiefer brothers, Amanda Caldwell and Rihanna Carey. So a very small select group and, and it's really cool to be a part of that. And, you know, I'm fortunate that Lee and Tiffany, they only live about 15 minutes away from me as well. Oh, wow. And, you know, they're, they're super good people and they're pioneers of this industry. You know, they've, they've done so much and achieved so much, you know, um, from, from the hunting, you know, celebrity side of things. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and just as hunters themselves, you know, Lisa, Lee's a very underrated whitetail biologist, basically. I mean, the guy is just an absolute genius when it comes to studying farms and figuring out whitetails. I think he actually might be part whitetail. Wow. <laughs> and trust me, Tiffany's good on the eyes, too. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, but don't get it. She's, a, she's such a nice girl. No, they, seem, they seem like really good people. When I watch them on TV... Yeah, they just seem like they're really enjoying themselves, and they do an excellent job on what they broadcast. Is it really yeah. really good people? And she's, I'm a, just and she's a killer too. Mm -hmm. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, she wipes them out, big time. Big yeah, time. she is. She is. So that all? Yeah, all, she all, just all, shot a hammer, hammer elk as as well. Both oh, of them did oh, actually. Oh, recently. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lee shot his like three days ago, and then she shot hers yesterday. Where, where, yeah, they where, actually hey. Lee just shot his biggest elk. Oh, uh, I believe they're in Montana. Oh, oh okay. That's I want to say they're in Montana, but yeah, I think Lee just shot his biggest elk to date. Nice. Um, so yeah, super super cool for them, and um, yeah, man, the teams the teams firing. You know, the Kiefer brothers are. You know, they've got a big uh, partnership hunt giveaway they're doing with Bush Beer right now. And, you know, I've been having a good season. Uh, Lee and Tiffany are having a good season. Uh, Rihanna Carey, uh, I know she was in New Mexico with her boyfriend, Logan Stark, fiance, Logan Stark from Black Rifle, and she just shot a giant elk. So, um, and I know Amanda, she's chasing elk right now, you know, in, in Montana. So, yeah, man, the team's doing really good, and it's really cool to see everybody having some success out there. You, wow. Do you ever, uh, do you ever like dabble in the elk hunting? So, um, everybody assumes that I'm an accomplished elk hunter. I've never killed an elk. Mm. I've been on two hunts in Idaho. The first, my very first year, maybe it, call it beginner's luck. I'm at full draw on the herd bull, probably a 310, 320 bull, uh, at 10 yards and typical story. I needed him to take three more steps. Uh, the problem is, is he took two steps and winded me. And uh, that was it. Um, the next year I went out and I had, I met a local in Idaho and he's like, man, come out next year. This is the unit that you need to get a tag for. And I said, man, that's a shit unit. It's all private land. And he winks at me and he says, that's my point. My family <laughs> owns a bunch of land. And I'll, I'll get you on our private branches, you know, our private land. And, uh, I thought, sweet, because that unit's got a 2% success on public, you know what I mean? So I said, all right, fine, let's do it. So I did it. I went out there. The dude completely ghosted me. Never heard from him in seven days. Wow. Uh, I so, I solo hunted on public for about six and a half days, you know, by myself and never even saw an elk. And I think that year it was 1% success wow. in that unit. That um, so that, then I basically told myself, I said, here's the deal. I'm just going to acquire points. I'm going to acquire points in Wyoming, uh, acquire points in Arizona. And the next time I go on an elk hunt, I'm going to go with people that can actually teach me because I want to learn. You know, I don't want to go to a place where I'm just a trigger puller. I want to go with people that can really teach me. So um, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, next year I draw Arizona. Uh, good friends with the guys at Big Chino. Oh, yeah. And um, so I know that they'll spend the time and they'll teach me what, what and why we're doing what we're doing, you know. Um, and everybody says, man, you just got to get that first one under your belt. After you get the first one under your belt, then you can start doing some solo shit. And um, you know, really hone in. But um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, I Just, tell you, uh, I tell you what, brother. If you find somebody to teach you, send that name to Chad Die because that's the same thing we like. To yeah. do. We enjoy elk hunting to know in. You know, we, a lot of trust us. We've been with guides and everything else, and they've been excellent. But the thing is, you know, we're yeah. pretty much we're pretty much just a trigger puller. But we want to learn. We want to get that education. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm 57 years old. Yeah. and I'm getting a little old. I may not be able to start climbing all those mountains and hills anymore, but I want to try to get that as much as I possibly can so I can still do it until I can't do it anymore. Exactly. Yeah, that's the that's the thing, man. You know, that's that's exactly exactly it. I I'm 45. Um, 
you know, I, I do, I do go to the gym every single day and, um, you know, I feel like I still have at least a good five, six good years left in me where I can hunt exactly the way I want to hunt mm-hmm. without sacrificing and having to change things up a little bit. But, um, yeah, man, I'm, and, and like I said, I just, I want to learn. I want to, I want to do it, but yeah, I've never, I've never been on a successful elk hunt yet. So we'll see. Yeah, Someday. Absolutely. Probably next year, baby. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Because I understand hope, the whole, hopefully. I understand that whole gym thing. Oh, you know what I mean? Don't we both? Because I do the gym every day too. Yeah. And I'm grinding it. And you know what? I'm down almost 80 pounds now. Right. And I feel like I'm not 25 year old again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little beat up. I don't feel That's like great. that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. I so appreciate I know you're getting ready to do your other podcast right now, John. I appreciate you. We're going to do a yeah. part two. I mean, dude, you're amazing, dude. You're an inspiration to me and a lot of people, dude. And, uh, yeah, I thank you, dude. I thank you for what you're doing, man. man. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more than willing and, and looking forward to jumping back on and, and wrapping it up with you guys uh, about some other stuff as well. And, um, yeah, you know, and, and like I said, it's one of those things, man, where, you know, as much hard work that goes into it all, at the end of the day, I also have to stop and I look back on it and say, man, I'm very, very fortunate. You know, I get to do a lot of cool shit, and I've got buddies back home that are like, dude, you're a hell of a hunter. I'm like, well, thank you, but I also get a lot of opportunities as well, you know. Um, so that that has that has helped, and it's like anything else. I mean, you want to learn Spanish, you got to speak it every day. And that's how you get good and you get good in a short period of time. So I've been very blessed that I do get to hunt a lot. And, um, you know, I've gotten to learn, you know, from people and, um, you know, through repetition, you know, even stupid people figure it out eventually. So <laughs> I might fall into that category. <laughs> yeah, dude, every day, thank the good Lord for what he's given you, brother, man. I tell you, because, you know, you have, we're, we're all blessed and God has been giving us a, multiple gifts in our lives. So, Hey, absolutely. Brother. And you earned it though. I mean, it's not like yeah. you, you grinded, you hustled and you did it. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, um, it's man, I tell you, it's been so friggin' badass. Um, I'm I'm always looking forward to what's next, what's next, what's next, you know, and and it's not it's not from a position of like okay that hunt's over with let's move on to the next one. I'm just that eager. This the way that we all looked forward to Christmas as a kid. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. just so eager to look forward to the next thing and and know that it's going to be another adventure and something else to learn from and um you know and if I get to do some storytelling along the way and people. People learn from what I did or they just simply find entertainment and that I fucked up, you know, like, damn, look at that idiot. He got real rammy on that muley. And, you know, if he would have just chilled out and waited five minutes, he probably could have got an arrow in him. Um, but, you know, that's fun for me because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm learning all the same, you know. Hey, real quick before. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> hey, that Colorado hunt you just came back from. Was it a hard hunt? Uh huh. Was the weather bad? It wasn't horrible. I mean. No, we had, we had really good weather, really. Uh, we got really fortunate. There was only one day that we got rain, um, but the best part about that is we didn't get fog. And mm. typically, you know, up in the mountains, you get that rain, you get the fog that comes in, for, and it might stay for a couple of days. And um, last year, we ran into some fog, and visibility was cut down to like 40 yards. Oh. 
so we lost we lost some hunting time last year and luckily the sun came out it blew out of there and you know i was able to stick a muley but yeah this year we got we got great weather um there is the you know just the natural nine nine thousand foot ninety five hundred foot elevation that you know an iowa flatlander uh it takes me a day or two for my lungs to kind of get up underneath me a little bit but um that that part is a little challenging you know at times but um, no, it was a it was a pretty chill, laid back hunt. Um, there was a lot of two tracks out there on the property that we were able to utilize with the truck and side by sides to kind of cut down some of that walking distance. And um, no, it, it worked out pretty good, you know. And I'm again, I'm not that guy that's going to go. Well, we camped out there for nine days without food and water. No, <laughs> it was it was pretty chill. Hey, do you carry that little can that, you know, I, I don't even know the name of it, but there's a can that you can give yourself some oxygen? You know? No, I've seen it. Uh, so I bought one of those because I wanted to try it out. And um, I basically let myself get really winded um, on a hunt, um, well, on a training kind of a scenario here in Iowa. And I reached into my backpack, and I was like, okay, I'm huffing and puffing pretty good. I took a couple of hits on that thing, and I'm like, well, this is a fucking ripoff, you know, because <laughs> oh. I'm still winded. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It it didn't it didn't do shit for me. So uh, I don't know. I mean, because hey, I know that company wasn't thinking about being a sponsor, but yeah, I don't think their product works. Yeah, but brother, I tell you, I when Chad and I went up to New Mexico, yeah, it it really gave me mm-hmm. a kick in the butt, big time, dude. I mean, I you know, Chad was keep on rolling. It helps. But, yeah, we went elk hunting, and I tell you, our guide was just yeah. a total gazelle. But you know, me. Uh-huh. I was huffing and a puffing. I had to stop a few times, catch my breath, let my heart rate get down a little bit, get back at it. But yeah. we never stopped. But it was, yeah, it was, it was, it, it's tough. It's, it is tough on the lungs, big time. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was always wondering about that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I know a lot, a lot of marathoner guys uh, when they go do a marathon, they say their marathons on a Saturday. They get over to their destination on like a Wednesday or Thursday to take a couple of days to cap. You know, get used to it's the a, weather and yeah. uh, the your high altitude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, high altitude stuff. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I tell you, because I know it's never been that bad. I just think that the older I get, I think it just becomes a little bit more worse. But just as you and Chad working out every day and just trying to make it better, so it's a little easier when you get get up on the, get up on that mountain. Right on. All right, Johnny Utah, yeah. baby. Woo! Hey, everybody out there, I hope you guys like this quick episode. There will be another part two with Johnny. Because you know why? Joe, Utah, I'll take two. Absolutely. Part two. Hey, we're going to have another one. Uh, follow this guy. This guy's an inspiration, motivator. Uh, this guy does it, dude. And you know what? And he shows that you never give up. Not just in hunting. You don't give up in life. Because your man only had seven dollars in his checking account and he was done, yeah. and he didn't stop. You yeah. know, so just keep just remember that in everything you do. It's not just hunting; it's about life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a fact, guys. You know, and that's the thing. That's my biggest message. Message that I wish that I could convey to everybody is literally don't give up. There's, you know, it doesn't matter how many people laugh at you. None of that matters. As long as you're doing what you want to do and you're passionate about it, you've already won. You know what I mean? Yeah. So nothing's a failure in in that regard. And, um, you know, I, I'm a, you know, that's a testament of, of the way I've lived my life is I've just always just grinded and grinded and grinded. And, 
you know, it might take a year, it might take 10 years, you know, but eventually you'll get there. Yeah. You, but today has to be day one. Tomorrow can't be one day. Yeah. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Right Absolutely. On. I like that. That's, That's awesome. One. That is it. Outstanding. Outstanding. Brother. Right on. Well, hey, I appreciate you, my man, for joining me yeah. and Dwight. And uh, we're going to do this again. And thanks, brother. I appreciate you, dude. Sweet. Sounds good. Let's do it again, guys. All right, brother. brother. Thanks, everybody. Woo! Yeah. Thanks, Johnny. Woo! Thanks, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Sweet.